0: is out. Natural learning is in. Hey there, I am Kelly Edwards, your host of this podcast and creator of the 90-minute school day. This is not your typical homeschooling podcast. Here, you will find out-of-the-box stories from the trenches, trainings, tools, and tips to guide you forward. Yes, I like alliteration. We will also share results and mindset shifts to support you in your journey of living and learning alongside your out of the box neurodiverse kids. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome back to today's special episode of the 90 Minute School Day podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Edwards. And today, I'm inviting you to learn how to begin your own practice of rhythms and reflection by crafting seasonal personal retreats. Grab your earbuds, a drink, and notepad, and get ready to explore the importance of intentional self-care amidst the challenges of parenthood and learning at home. Whether you're a homeschooling parent or not, We all know life gets overwhelming, and we need strategies to cope. Having a plan of where you're headed is always needed, but knowing how to adapt it when life happens, that is where we often get tripped. Today, I will guide you through the practice of planning and executing a personal retreat to lead your family well. Today's training Before we travel too far along today, I would like to define a few terms. First and foremost, personal retreats are seasonal planning, not semester or yearly. And you get to define what length of time represents a season for you and your family. Is it six weeks, bi-monthly, quarterly? You get to decide and you can always change your mind. Another thing I would like to recognize is that we all have daily, weekly, monthly, seasonal, and yearly rhythms already. These form naturally. They come from society, school, activities, work, holidays, and vacation schedules. And those are just to name a few. And if you're feeling stressed out or burned out, your rhythms likely don't have enough margin in them or they're not aligned with your values, or both. We all have seasons where this is inevitable. Think about having a new baby, adding someone to your family. Maybe perhaps you're moving, having a job change, a death in the family, elder care, a new pet, or a health crisis. In these seasons, we need to evaluate and pull back to compensate for these unforeseen shifts or changes in our needs. In other seasons, we likely have overcommitted ourselves or perhaps overscheduled ourselves and need to pause and reassess the current programming against our family values and our homeschooling purpose. These pauses and pullbacks to reevaluate, this is what a personal retreat facilitates. So what is a personal retreat? Give me a definition. A personal retreat is something intentional that you schedule. It's a proactive plan for self-care, but not the kind you may think. It's not a spa day or a vacation, although you could get creative and add that in as a cherry on the top. The main dish, though, is to get intentional, to shift and pivot away from what isn't working, and create a proactive plan to grow and progress in the areas that are meaningful for you and your family. A personal retreat is a gift you give yourself. It is intentional time you carve out, schedule, and plan for so you can deliberately pause, reset, refuel, and reorient your course before the next voyage into your upcoming learning season. Why is this so important and what makes it a game changer? We all need personal retreats as we move through life. It's a preventative maintenance plan that we need as families Just as much as corporations benefit from 360 degree reviews and project recaps in the workplace. Homeschooling or not, parenthood is a 24 7 job. I am giving you permission to step away from the demands of daily living to plan for and invest in your well being so that you can guide and invest in your family and home. Why do we need to do this? Because the daily deluge of demands eliminates the space to think, to be inspired, and to strategically problem solve. In the swirling storms of family life, we are often caught in reactionary living and damage control. We are just treading water and not making progress. Scheduling a personal retreat is the life raft you throw yourself. No one else is coming to do it for you. Do you enjoy listening to other homeschoolers share their stories and ask their questions? If you're like me, this is how you find new resources and perhaps experience new revelations. It is my deepest desire to share your story and your arrival to homeschooling, the struggles you've experienced, and also why you're still homeschooling. I'd love to elevate your family's unique learning journey for all of us to hear and learn from. I truly believe we have more in common than we have differences, and sharing our individual struggles and strengths is a way we can grow in empathy and understanding of one another, perhaps even inspiring a new avenue of learning to embark on in our own learning lives. So let us hear from you. Click the link in the show notes and leave me a voicemail and be part of a future episode. Retreating gives us clarity. It allows space for reflection and remembrance and gratitude and realignment so we can continue to grow and lead our children well. Taking the time to reflect and learn from our lived experiences ensures that we continue to progress and move forward with purpose. When should I schedule my retreat? As I mentioned earlier, personal retreats are seasonal. You get to decide and adapt the timing as your needs change over time. To start, reflect and think about the natural places of burnout or the desire to shift gears you experience already throughout the course of a year. If you're looking for a place to start, you can also think societally. There is always a shift around the new year where people's energy gets up to make big changes and resolutions. We all sort of experience spring fever And there's that kind of new school year atmosphere that hits in back to school season. Those are the times where I take my retreats. I take them between Christmas and New Year, late April to May, and late summer. Depending on which hemisphere you live in, this may look different. How long does a personal retreat need to be? This is your decision and what you're able to schedule for yourself. I do recommend a minimum of an entire day, from morning until after dinner, to start. Personal retreats can take various forms because they're personal. You get to adapt them to you. Some prefer a day away while others opt for occasional trips. Seasonal considerations play a role. The key is to engage in activities that feed and rejuvenate you. I've built mine over the years to include getaways with my husband, where we plan together. I've also planned getaways solo to a conference or to hang with girlfriends. And in those scenarios, I usually tack on a day either before or after to plan, or I'll plan during the travel and open spaces in the itinerary. Most times, though, I just leave home for the day. Planning for your planning. How to plan your exit for your personal retreat. Creating intentional time for you to reflect, reset, refuel, and retreat is a practice you can implement under any budget. However, it does take some preparation and planning ahead of time. Here's some guidance on the pre-work to maximize the return on your investment. First, you need to decide where are you going to go. Think about what excites you. I hope it's obvious why retreating, doing a personal retreat, can't be as productive at home in your typical environment as it is away from home. But just in case, here's a reminder. At home, the chores and mess will distract you, not to mention the people that live there in your home with you. But there is also the energy and openness that fuels your spirit when you leave your usual location and are in a new space or a favorite one. So whether it's a beautiful cafe, an outdoor table at a restaurant or winery, a lounge in a hotel, a bench in a park, the novelty of a new environment inspires and expands your ability to get creative and problem solve. So in addition to picking a location, begin to ruminate and jot down thoughts or agenda items you want to accomplish or the big problem you're hoping to creatively solve. Get specific on what you need during this time. Do a brain dump, if you will. Some suggestions to consider or to get you going are to write down what your personal outcomes are, what you need to do to reach these outcomes. Where can this best happen that won't clutter your mind with distractions or demands? And always, when you're thinking about planning for your personal retreat, add more time than you think you need. Take the whole day. What about my kids? My advice to you is to schedule your retreat with your spouse, perhaps on a weekend, or hire a babysitter. If that's not available to you, then ask a family member to take care of or come watch the kids. Or you could coordinate a personal retreat swap date with a friend and then return the favor for her. Figure out the logistics and cover for your daily responsibilities for that day you'll be away. For instance, do you need childcare? Or do you have older kids that are able to be self sufficient with some prep? What about meals? Can you make them ahead? Is another family member able to cover these meals? What about ordering takeout or heating up a frozen dinner? Have a conversation with your family and make sure everyone is on the same page. This is good modeling on how to ask for what you need and have it respected. Include your children's and spouse's highs and lows and interests from your last learning season, as well as any declarations and interests for the upcoming one. Then. Mark the date on your calendar and take the time. Get creative with these and problem solve and make this a priority. I promise you, you won't regret it. What do you take with you? I take a journal, sometimes my computer, a book or two. You can use some of them or not. And I always have earbuds and walking shoes. The Art of Retreating. What do I do on my retreat? Just like any retreat you may go to, it's time to reflect, enjoy yourself, relax, and then problem solve and plan. Reflecting on the past season and year is essential. Relaxing and enjoying some downtime helps by opening our hearts and our minds to creativity and solutions we can involve in setting goals and realigning our personal rhythms. Often, my personal one-day retreat looks something like this. I drive to a nearby town and I walk among the shops. I'll take a long break in a cute coffee shop or a pretty hotel lobby. I may then get up and wander a park or a neighborhood if it's nice and then have lunch at a restaurant of my choosing. I often poke around a new library or bookstore, perhaps in an antique shop, a stationery shop, or a home decor shop. I will listen to a podcast or audiobook on the way to and from this little town, or I may chat on the phone with a friend. These things that you choose to do should feed and rejuvenate you. So think about what energizes and inspires you. In these spaces that I mentioned, I'm often flushed with creative ideas or inspiration, which I may jot down in my phone. And during the day, I have 30 to 45 minute sessions where I stop, sit, and dive into a reflection or planning session. Like that coffee shop, the lunch I take, sitting at a bench in a park. I revisit any of my notes and usually answer questions like, where am I personally in my life? Where am I wanting to go? And then I spend some time reflecting on what has gone well and what hasn't. I look for the patterns to take note of and where I can create an environment within myself and in my home to continue to grow personally and relationally. I also revisit our homeschool. I revisit our homeschooling why and our purpose. And then I look at the goals that we created in the last learning season and realize where we are with those, where are the failures and the successes, the pivotal moments of growth, both expected and unexpected, and where we stand with these goals now. I'll also look at the strengths and struggles of each family member, including myself. Then I may revisit my children's and spouse's highs and lows that I talked about in the pre-work before the personal retreat, looking at their interests and feedback since the last retreat I went on, as well as any declarations and interests that they have shared with me for our upcoming learning season. Some other things I may look at are looking at the pace of our family's learning life and family life, looking for where we have margin and where we don't have enough and what matters most to us I'll then reevaluate the calendar or schedule against our current rhythm I'll ask myself what changes can we make to align our lives against our values our homeschooling why our current interests everyone's needs and always focus on relationships So that's a lot to get through. That's why I break into several sessions and I make sure that it's not all work. I make sure to make time to enjoy and relax and unwind. A personal retreat is a day of refreshment and rest to refuel, dream, and reignite passions for the season ahead. It's time to get my thoughts in gear about how to drop what isn't working and rethink the approach so that it can work. Do you like learning with me on the podcast? Consider joining the waitlist for guide training. This cohort coaching series meets twice a year in the fall and spring. We gather here together, learning and community to be a guide, not a teacher. Guides don't do it for you. They help you do it for yourself. Guides go with you. Guides lead when it gets tricky and confidence is lost. They hold your hand when you need it. They walk beside you in relationship. Guides follow and cheer you on as you lead the way. Get the guidance you need to guide your homeschool. Learn more about guide training and join the waitlist by clicking the link in the show notes. What about after the retreat? What does post-retreating look like and moving forward into these new goals? The first thing I'd like to say is that Change takes time. We all know this, but we have trouble with our expectations, don't we? And we're excited now coming out of our retreat. So make sure you're being realistic with your pace and go slow, slower than you think, too. Just like when you were planning for your retreat, you need to a lot more time for yourself, you also need to a lot more time for your family and you to adjust to this new. Schedule, perhaps, or these new goals you guys have or this new solution that you've come up with. It's all about progress, after all, not perfection. Another thing you'll want to do in the post-retreat time is to schedule your next retreat now. Planning is a healthy habit. So build the habit of personal rest and assessment seasonally, monthly, weekly, and daily. Before you get overwhelmed with that, keep it achievable for you. Here is what this practice has developed to in my life over the years. It started with just taking some time daily. I have a daily quiet time in the mornings that started very small and has grown over the years. I reflect in this morning quiet time. I journal and I sit and think and revisit what happened the day before. This has become a habit that started super small and has grown over time to be one of my most looked forward times in my day. It's been that powerful. I discuss most days with my kids in the morning at some point, what is on my list and theirs, and they may not have a list. They may just be sharing with me their desires for the day. And so together we will edit plans and I will forward schedule any requests that don't align with the day. For instance, my middle daughter has probably 12 to 15 ideas in the morning that continue to grow over the course of the day, and so I will just tell her what, how great these ideas are and that all of these can't happen today, but we'll pull out a calendar, and the ones that she does want to do moving forward, we'll go ahead and find sometimes. And so that's an idea of how you can say yes to your children, but it doesn't have to happen right away. My weekly planning habits are very simple and they look something like this. Sometime between Saturday and Monday morning, my husband and I will coordinate our two schedules onto this sheet that I will put in the show notes. This hangs over my kitchen sink and it's just a visual reminder to he and I about our joint working schedules and childcare schedules. We both work from home. I'll also share and check in with my older kids as well and make sure that anything that needs to be on that list is on that list. Monthly planning looks something like this for me. I reflect and map out the upcoming month during my cycle. I'm naturally more introspective and have cleared my calendar from my prior cycle so that I can have more rest and margin when I'm feeling tired and worn out. And this is something I teach and guide training. We go through our biological rhythms and how we can synchronize them with our planning. And so that's one way that I kind of hack my monthly plans. So that's what it looks like to plan daily, weekly and monthly. And of course, personal retreats are seasonal. Transitioning back to rhythm successfully after a personal retreat is to take it slow and steady. I want to expand on this point of slow and steady by recognizing that all change happens slowly. Just as nature slowly awakens from the winter with growing daylight and the crocuses bloom before the daffodils and the daffodils are followed by tulips and then we have azaleas, we also need to transition back into rhythm with small shifts over time a full day of all of your great ideas on the first day back from your retreat might work in the short term for a few days but then you'll hit a friction point that first week as excitement wanes and groans increase so instead set everyone up for success and pick your rhythms sl- and pick up your new rhythms slowly start with the quick wins first the ones everyone is most excited about and then be ready to reapproach former boiling points with a new lens and add them back last. Less is truly more. I have in my daily planning about one up to three big goals for each day. I also have two days a week I try to keep open usually Mondays and Fridays in our current season. Then I keep a rolling list of other to-dos that are triaged and can be added if the main goals, that one big goal, sometimes three, that align with our whys and values are completed. The rest will have to wait. And if it's too much and too urgent, that's a clue and a signal to me that we have too much on our plate right now. So we drop responsibilities until our balance, and there's no such thing as maintaining balance, we're always on that teeter-totter trying to just keep it moving, right? Until that balance is restored. So just as an example, I'll use my uh, day from yesterday. Yesterday, at the time I'm recording this, was Wednesday. And on Wednesdays, my number one goal that repeats every week is getting one of my daughters to her therapy. That's the number one big goal. And so knowing that we have this big transition out of the home, we have a long drive, we have therapy, a drive back, and then transition back into our daily lives, that can take pretty much all of our emotional bandwidth for the day, depending on how we're doing. So on top of that one goal to get her out on Wednesdays to her therapy, we'll have a learning goal. And then I usually just hope to feed my family. And so those are my three goals that day. And depending on how the day goes i might get some laundry done we may be able to get some other things that are on the list but on a day where it's difficult all i have to do is get that one big goal done and then i look for somewhere in the balance of the week again i keep mondays and fridays open to absorb those other bigger goals and i know that this sounds super slow but this is the best way we have found over time to work in our family life in such a way that drops the demands and allows everybody freedom of choice and agency over their schedules, and that's why the 90-minute school day works so well, because it is such a low time requirement that you can break up and schedule throughout the day, and it may look more like a 30-minute school day some days, or maybe you just don't have a school day at all. And then you might have a 90 minute on the other days. And so having that autonomy over your schedule, but that framework, so you can be assured that things happen when they're supposed to happen is really a game changer. And it's all about planning and re-looking at learning as a lifestyle instead of something that is accomplished a certain number of days each week for 36 weeks a year. It really can change everything, but that's more about (laughs) de-schooling. So before I get off track, I want to just thank you for being with me here today as we defined and learned how to employ personal retreats as an essential tool for seasonal planning, emphasizing the need to evaluate and adjust our rhythms frequently especially when life throws unexpected challenges our way. We discussed the importance of these intentional breaks in preventing burnout and fostering personal and familial growth. Remember, personal retreats are not mere indulgences. They are proactive plans for self-care. They provide clarity and space for reflection and strategic problem-solving. I shared insights into when and how you can plan your retreats, what you can bring along, and I encourage you to take the time to relax, enjoy, and rejuvenate during this time. As we wrap up, remember that change takes time. So be patient, especially with yourself, and go slow. Progress, not perfection, is the goal. Plan your next retreat now and make it a healthy habit, integrating personal rest and assessment to your routine on a seasonal, monthly, weekly and daily basis. Reflection requires space and quiet so that you can remember, reflect, focus on gratitude and learn from failures. It's a purposeful realignment so that you can continue to grow and lead your family well. The practice of reflection, quiet time, and intentional planning can lead to a transformative result in your daily life and homeschooling journey. Keep it achievable and know it will grow over time. And most importantly, prioritize your well-being so that you can continue to guide and invest in your family. Until next time, take care, nurture yourself, and thrive on your homeschooling journey.